Hope you're all doing well. I heard right now that you guys are going through midterms. Um, UTIP is also going through midterms right now, and those are always fun, right? Um, yeah, that's the honest answer right there. I like that. Uh, but anyways, um, my prayers are that midterms are going well for you guys, as so much as with UTIP as well. Um, you guys can join me in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we have together. Let you be the one who speaks, Lord. Um, that you be glorified through tonight's teaching. Father, teach us all something new. This is a passage that we're familiar with. Refresh us in new things, Lord, and help us to always seek you. Midterms or no midterms, Lord, let us always look to you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, a few years back, uh, when I was taking a midterm, one of my professors told me, like, you know, he's a, one of my professors, as long as, like, many of our generational uh, predecessors has told us that, we don't have to worry about anything. Like, we have it easy, we have it good, because we have Google, you know? Like, we don't have to go to libraries and, like, look into encyclopedias or journals. Like, everything's just one Google click away. And, I mean, there's truth in that, right? Um, if we want to look for a recipe, we can just Google it. If we want to find directions to the NMSU Spiritual Center, we can just find it. Um, now, I wish you could have told us what's the closest parking. That would have been nice, but anyways. Um, you guys get it, like everything's a Google click away. Um, you can search anything on Google, information is there. And if you were to Google who is Jesus Christ, or how many results do you think you would find? You find a lot, in fact, um, I searched for it this, like probably like two hours ago and I found like 525 million results in only one second. And if you were to just Google who is Jesus, you'd get even more than that. Um, which sounds great, but at the same time, um, there's so many people answering that. Not all the answers are the right answers. Uh, you'll find some common ones that you hear here and there, but then you're going to find some like, really, really wacky ones like really out there, like if you really search for that. Um, my prayer and hope is that you don't, because like, it gets like start seeing that like Jesus was an alien or things like that, like it's pretty weird. But um, besides Google though, like I'm pretty sure many of you guys have many different voices regarding who Jesus Christ is. You might, you know, aside from Google, you might find some of these voices from your family members, um, your abuelitos, your abuelitas, your parents, maybe at your church, your pastor, your Sunday school teacher probably taught you who Jesus Christ was. Here on the campus, your friends, your professors might say different things. And like the Google answers, they're not all the same answers. Can any of you guys relate to that? Yeah, I see some people nodding their heads. Um, same with me. Like I was taught many different things uh, from my grandmother, from my sister regarding who Christ is. And so like if you really want to traumatize an eight-year-old, this is what I was told who Christ was. Uh, we were watching The Passion of the Christ. Grew up in like a... Uh, general Roman Catholic family. We're watching The Passion of the Christ movie. Seven-year-olds should probably be watching. <laughs> um, and so I'm here crying because I'm looking at Jesus, you know, like all bloody, like just getting beaten. Like, and besides, he's even speaking like a language that I didn't understand as a seven-year-old, which I know now is Aramaic. But I'm here crying, like, pobrecito Jesus, you know. And then my sister was like, you see that? He died on the cross because you don't behave well. Which, like, I can't even cry even more, you know, <laughs> because it's my fault that Jesus died on the cross, and, like, it's 
pretty bad. And it really messed up the way I saw Jesus from my teenage years. Um, it was pretty bad. And that was because I really got influenced by what voices around me told me about who Jesus was, but I never looked it up myself. And many of us might be in a similar pathway. Um, so therefore, um, these things aren't new. In fact, we're on October, um, the Reformation, like you know, many of us like to celebrate like the day of the Reformation. Um, and that was what the whole Reformation was about. Many voices telling you who is Jesus Christ, and many people asking, well, what does the Bible really say about it? But even before the Reformation, you have many people way before that asking that, even in the times when Jesus was walking on earth. And we're going to look through this passage um, how even Jesus' disciples themselves had those questions too. And they all had different voices being influenced by the voices around them. So if you guys have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be going through Matthew 16. It's on your booklet too. And we're actually starting from verse 13. Um, if you guys just want to follow me through that. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people see, say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is God's holy and authoritative word. So what we see here, let's talk a little bit about the setting. So you see Jesus and his disciples are walking to Caesarea Philippi. Geographical fact about that place that place was known to have many different statues of different idols throughout the time. There were idols from Baal, you know, from the times of Elijah, uh, Elijah and Elisha. Um, there were idols, like statues of idols from um, the god, the goddess Pan. There were idols for Caesar. So there were many idols surrounding that area. Um, and in the midst of all that, Jesus stops his disciples and he asks this question. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And notice, like, how easy the, the disciples answered that question right away. Well, some people say John the Baptist, some other people say Elijah, some other people say the prophet, or Jeremiah, you know. And this is, like, the main idea that I want to ask you guys tonight. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? Is your answer being influenced by voices around you or by what the Lord himself has taught you through his word? Does that make sense? Who do you say that Christ is? Not just who is Jesus Christ. That's like many of us can answer that, but who is he to you at the same time? And where are you getting that answer influence from? Because in the same way, like the disciples, we may say, well, my professor of Old Testament or New Testament um, classes told me this is who Jesus is. Or we might answer, my abuelita told me, this is who Jesus is. And many of us might have those type of answers. From your professors, your family members, Jonathan over here, if you guys are here at YouTube, um, from me or Jeff. But ultimately, Jesus is not satisfied with that. 
he himself says, in, in other words, he basically said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? See, the way the apostles answered were very like generic views of what people expected the Messiah to be. But here Jesus is number one stating that he is the Messiah. And number two, what do you have to say about that? So, who is Jesus Christ to you? Like, that's something that I want to ask you guys. That's like the first... <laughs> See, he wants to answer too. So, um, that's my first point. Everybody has to answer this question at one point in their life. But where are we getting that answer from? And here's my other point. You might, some of you might say, well, Ed, I've been a Christian my whole life. Or my parents are Christians. I've gone to church uh, for many years in my life now. I've been coming to RUF. I've been going through every Bible study. I don't need to answer that. I know that answer pretty well. That's great, but you still need to ask yourself this because let's look at the text again. Who is Jesus asking this to? His disciples. Those who walked with him, ate with him, heard him preach. Like, if you think you have a great pastor, if you think you have a great campus minister, you probably do, but imagine Jesus himself preaching. And not only that, being your preacher. Like, these guys had the best preacher. They saw him perform miracles. They basically lived with him. Like, yeah, like they lived life with him. Yet, how many of those disciples answered correctly when Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? Only Peter. There were 12 of them, and only Peter said that right. Everybody else was saying, well, so-and-so says that you are so-and-so. But then Peter over here finally states, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And here, you know, we see something amazing about Jesus. Like, we see him praise him for that answer. And not only did he just praise him for, like, in any way. Like, he wasn't just like, hey, good job, dude. Or, like, hey, you get an A. Um, but rather, he told him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, people around you has not just told you this answer, but my Father himself has given you this revelation. Just think about hearing those words like from Jesus, like how comforting that must sound, you know, like many of us are students here, we always want to like make sure we have the right answer when our professors ask us something. Hopefully with the expectation that we get extra points or an A or something. But here you have Jesus himself telling him, blessed are you for my father himself said this to you. He taught this to you. He revealed this to you. And you might ask yourself, well, do we get that revelation nowadays? Can we get a kind of revelation like the way Peter did? And the answer to that is we already have. It's through his word. We were just singing right now the Psalms about how we can take comfort in his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 even states that the Bible is God's breathed word. If you guys have been familiar, like you've been like pretty well familiar now with RUF, you, you have probably heard of the Westminster Shorter Catechism and even questions two and three relate to the Bible as the authority that God has given that says everything about himself and everything for us to know about him and what to do about that information. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So how are we taking our Bibles seriously? How are we doing that? Um, the Bible has a lot of things to say about who Jesus is. And if you guys love books, if you guys are bookworms, you've probably heard of an author called A.W. Tozer. And he said something pretty, like, he, has, he said one of my favorite quotes that says this, and I'm paraphrasing here, what you say about God is the most important thing about you. And if Christ is truly God, by his own declaration and by the declaration of the word, then who we say Christ is really matters a lot, which is why Christ is not just satisfied with us answering based on what other people say, but who we, what we ourselves say about who he is. Does that make sense? And so with that, I just want to share just one of the few examples that the Bible has to say about who Jesus Christ is. Colossians 1.15 says that Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. That's a lot to say about someone who many people claim he's just a good moral teacher or that he was just a prophet. Like here... Paul is saying that all things were made through him and for him. Everything around you was made by Christ and for Christ. Your friends around you, the mountains, like, you know, the Oregon Mountains, which are beautiful, the just as beautiful but not as much beautiful Franklin Mountains in El Paso. Um, at least we have the start. But the pigeons in the air, like the clouds, everything was made through Christ and for him. And that includes your lives as well. So I want you guys to think about that. He is not just a moral teacher, but he is God himself. Jesus himself said that. The whole word says this. And let me continue to this because I, I think, in my opinion, Colossians really states a lot about who Christ is. But you can find these examples everywhere, but I just want you to continue. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So he's renewing all things, he's making all things beautiful. See, the gospel is not just about, hey, if we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we get to go to heaven. But the gospel is much more bigger than that. It's part of that, don't get me wrong, and that's a beautiful aspect, but it's also Him renewing all things. All things are renewing. Like, think about how messed up this world can be. Well, Christ is renewing all of this. And what about our lives? He also states this as well. I continue, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled to his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and of reproach before him. If indeed you continue to the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So not only is he renewing all things in the earth, he's renewing our lives too. If we've come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, if we claim we are Christians, 
if we believe the words that we sang right now, if we see the scripture as holy and authoritative, then we believe also that not only is he God, not only is he renewing all things, but he is also reconciled. He has reconciled us by his blood. And he's working in our lives as well. And he's the head of the church. So I want you guys to just look through your scriptures, like, you know, look through your Bibles and not just have a reverence, but like honestly, everything that you say about who Christ is, always go back to scripture. Now, I love reading a lot, and I can fall in this trap of, hey, like, you know, I love reading all these theologians, but I even can fall in the trap where, like, I read those guys more than what the Bible says, and we still have to be careful with that, too. Or maybe you don't like to read, and you just rather listen to what your pastor, your campus minister, um, your teachers have to say, or your friends have to say. And so I just want you guys, I want to point something to you guys. I'm not stating all these things to, like, make you guys question your salvation, question your relationship with God, but rather I'm saying this as a remembrance because now we may not live in Caesarea Philippi. We may not have statues of Baal or Pan or Jupiter or Caesar. We might not have those things, but we do have a lot of idols surrounding us that we may not even see as idols. We first of all have the idol of self-image. We want to be the best looking, we want to be the most, the smartest, we want people around us to accept us and love us. We have the idol of our GPAs, where we need to make sure that we have the best GPA. The idols, I mean, we're in midterms right now. Many of you guys more than likely are focusing more on that than on the spiritual circles of your life. Which are not bad things, but again, like what are you prioritizing more over anything? There's many idols that we have. Uh, maybe your hobbies, your relationships, um, those have become idols in your life too. So I say these things because in the midst of your idols, in the midst of your GPAs, of your self-image concerns, um, your career choices, your relationships, you guys get it? Who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is he to you? And not only that, how is he influencing all those other areas in your life? Does that make sense? How is he influencing the way you view yourself, your self-image? How, how is he influencing your career choices, your GPAs? Let me tell you guys something that many professors might not tell you or that many parents might not say, but yeah, go for the best GPA. But if you don't get it, who cares? You're still loved, chosen, redeemed by Christ, and he's working in your life right now. It's okay to not always have the best GPA. It's okay if we're still choosing between degrees over here and there, between other different careers. In fact, it took me eight years to finally decide. Um, it took me eight years like, for college. And it's been a journey, but it's been a long journey, but I'm grateful where the Lord has taken me. I started off as a photography, well, art major because UTEP does not hold photography. I wanted to go to NMSU originally, actually. Um, Sorry, guys. But, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go to NMSU and you pursue photography. And none of that happened. I ended up going to a pastor community college. But from there, I got to meet the Lord through this Bible study there, where I met some of my great friends. I even met my wife there, too. I ended up going to UTEP, where I became really good friends with Jeff. And I got really 
plugged in with him, and then when she started RUF, like, we really, um, that was an amazing experience. So when I look back, did I want my life to be different a few years ago? I did, but by God's grace, I'm happy where I'm at. Um, and so all, I say all of this because that question, who is Jesus Christ to me, really, really affected me. And in the same way with you guys, it's okay if you guys mess up at school sometimes. It's okay if you don't have the best degrees. Obviously, I'm not saying slack off and like, you know, do whatever you want to do, but in the midst of all those things, again, who is Jesus Christ to you? If you're not a Christian, ask this to yourself. Ask people around you. See, the beauty of fellowship, something that I love about RUF, uh, in fact, the first night that I came to an RUF event was actually here. Um, Jeff, brought, Jeff brought me, and I still remember what Jonathan said, that if you have a choice between RUF and going to a local church, choose a local church. But both are great because you're getting to talk to people who, like you, have this question, who is Jesus Christ, and that they're looking to the Bible for these answers. Does that make sense? Um, always pursue that. Pursue fellowship. Pursue a local church in which we just read right now that Christ is ahead of. Um, so you're in good hands. If you are a Christian, ask this for yourself because how is he affecting then all the areas of your life? We may, again, we may not have Baal, we may not have Pan, we may not have Caesar, but we have so many idols in our lives. And to those idols, who is Jesus Christ to us? And at the same time, how are we living for that truth? Does that make sense? Uh, this is a short message that I have for you guys, but I really want you guys to focus on that. Because we forget every single time why he's so important in our lives. In fact, uh, Martin Luther said that he has to re uh, repeat the gospel every Sunday because by then um, his congregation already forgot it. And in the same way, we may forget the gospel just even the next day. Like we may hear people saying like, amen, or you know, like I see some heads nodding, but we might forget all of this by the next day. Especially if midterms are coming up and all of these things. Um, so yeah, I want you guys to always pursue that. Um, we're going to be having questions right now, but short message, but yeah, let's pray together. Dear Lord, in the midst of our forgetfulness, Lord, of who you are, we want to give thanks to you, Lord, that you're always faithful. And even though we forget, you're gracious enough that you remind us through your Holy Spirit about who, who you are. And... Father, always help us to grow in the truth about who you are. Not just for our spiritual areas, for like our areas in church or RUF or our Bible studies, Lord, but in our careers and our GPAs, our self-image, our relationships, Lord, remind us who you are and remind us of this truth that you're not just a good teacher, you're not just a good prophet, but you are God himself who created all things through you and for you, Lord, and that you're the head of the church a head that we can trust, that we can be a part of and serve and be equipped in that. Help us to remind ourselves of this truth, Lord, and help us to always grow in you, Lord. Grow with each other, not just by yourselves, Lord, but with each other. Um, thank you for RUF, Lord, both at NMSU and UTEP. Uh, thank you for Jonathan, um, as he's 
really helped everybody here understand this truth, Lord. Uh, always help us to grow and to glorify you, Lord, in everything that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, one of the things we like to do is do a Q&A.